Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise His holy name. That's what we're here to do today, church, to bless the name of the Lord. So let's sing together. There is a sound I love to hear. It's the sound of the Savior's robe as He walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praises He hears. again there is a sound I love to hear it's the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray where we hear praises he hears
again I could spend I could spend all my years and find that Jesus you're all my soul still desires nobody else deserves my life but Jesus my Thank you. 
remember right now the goodness of the Lord. Let's just begin to recount, to remember the goodness of God. And because of that, because of that remembrance, oh, that just compels us to worship Him, right? Because He's been so good, so faithful. So how can we not pour out our
The longer I follow Jesus, the more I'm convinced that he gets really excited about church each week, that he loves when we come and gather to focus our attention on who he is and what he's up to. He is so, so good. Welcome to church. I don't know if you've noticed, yeah, we can get excited. I don't know if you've noticed, we've got uh, kids in the room with us this morning. Kids, we're so glad you're in this room with us this morning, aren't we? So good. You know, we've undoubtedly spent the last few days gathering together and feasting and playing games and watching football and doing all that stuff. And as sweet as those moments are, when we gather as the people of God and God pulls us together around Him and we think about Him, we talk about Him, we sing about Him, something inside of us comes alive, doesn't it? We realize that God is so good that He's beyond anything we could ever conjure up in our mind of what He's like. He's even better. He's even greater. As we gather around the Lord this morning, I think it's appropriate that we spend a few minutes praying for those in our city, maybe in our family, who are struggling this holiday season. Maybe they're facing materially, material poverty this year, struggling with homelessness, or, or maybe they're in real spiritual poverty. They're hurting. They don't know the Lord. They're away from the Lord. They're wandering in the faraway country, looking for satisfaction in something other than God. And so I want us to to pray as the church this morning and believe that God could use us individually and as a church to show other people what he's like by how we live our lives. You know, an example of that, this morning we have an opportunity to sort of adopt a family in our community that's really struggling. You can go out in the lobby and do it after the service this morning. But I think even more important than that is that we rally as a church together and pray that God's love would melt even the hardest heart, that God's healing power would heal even the sickest among us, mentally, physically, spiritually, that the goodness of God would go from out from New Life Church and from our lives individually. Are you up for praying for that as we get ready to receive our tithes and offerings? I'm excited to pray with you guys. All right, let's, let's do it. God, we have loved being with you this morning and can't wait to see what you do in the next few minutes as we hear from your word. And we want to take these few moments, Lord, and just pray for those that are really hurting this season, that are, that are struggling just to put food on the table or don't have a roof over their head or don't know you yet, God, personally, the kind of love that you, you give. God, we ask for breakthrough this year. We ask for your heart to be made known, not just theoretically or hypothetically, but Lord, we pray that you would use us to be you with skin on to others, that we would rise up as your church and we would speak blessing and life over other people, that we would speak encouragement over other people, that we wouldn't be afraid to speak of your name and to pray for people, even at gas stations and grocery stores, Lord, that we would, we would be your witnesses on the earth. So God, will you raise up New Life Church to make you famous, Lord, to draw all men unto you? Will you use us as you see fit, Lord? And will you take this offering and use it to bless the poor and the hurting in our city and around the world? And the people of God together said, amen. Well, as always, there's four ways you can give. Church, let's continue to sing to the Lord as we do. 
family, children in the room, it's beautiful. We're gonna have an awesome sermon from Pastor Eddie Hoagland today. Yeah, go ahead, give him a hand. But before we do that, go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say hello. Good morning, New Life North. I'm Christina, thanks for joining us today. My name is Briggs. If you're new here and you're wondering what ministries New Life Church offers, you can scan the QR code or click the link below. And if you're joining us from Facebook or YouTube, let us know where you're tuning in from because we would love to say hi. It's time to lean in, grab your Bible, a pen, and a notebook, and get ready for a powerful message. Good morning, New Life Church. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving day. I know you're recovering from your gravy coma. Hope you're doing well. I wanna remind you that next Sunday, December the 3rd, in both the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m. service, we're going to receive a special legacy offering that I believe will finally pay off all of the debt here at New Life North. Well, I'll see you next Sunday for the special legacy offering. Please be praying with me that this is going to be an historic moment, a moment where our church is finally free from the debt. I'll see you next Sunday. All right, all right. Well, good morning, New Life Church. It is so good to be with you, as Pastor Brady mentioned. Next Sunday is our Legacy Offering Sunday, and I am so excited in faith. I believe it's going to be a historic day in the life of our church. And Christina and I already talked this week about what we're going to give. So we, we are ready to go. We are ready for next Sunday. And I would just encourage you 
to do the same. Pray and just decide what you think you can give and step into this. Our, our goal is to have high participation, not necessarily just specific large gifts. We want, we want everyone involved because we are stronger together. Like I want, I want us to all be a part of what God is doing here. So I would just, I would commend that to you this week. Well, I hope you've had a great Thanksgiving week as well. I hope you've enjoyed time with friends and family, but I also know that some of you, you haven't had you know, the most seamless week. There could have been some, uh, some difficulties, some relational complexities that you had to navigate, and, uh, and I get that. But regardless of how your week went, I just want you to hear me when I say, I'm really glad that you're here right now. I'm really, really glad that you chose to gather with God's people as we lifted high the name of Jesus together, and now we're gonna turn our attention to the word of God, because that's why I came. I hope that's why you came. I'm not here to just share some Thanksgiving tips or some ideas about Christmas shopping. Like, I want to hear a word from God, and that's why we're here. And I believe the word of the Lord has for us today is something, we're going to be talking about something that I would say is massively underestimated. That we don't, we don't view this topic properly, and my hope is that we, through God's word, we would start viewing it the way we should view it. And when you don't estimate things appropriately, you got big problems. Have you ever done a home project, and you're like, okay, I think it's going to cost this much, and then you're, you know, some, somewhere like 400% wrong somehow as you go through the process, and you start fixing and ripping things up, and then you're like, oh, we're, we're out of money. And not only are we out of money, now we don't have a functional bathroom, like, we are in trouble here because we don't know what to do from here. See, if you underestimate something, you got big problems. And I would say we got big problems if we also underestimate what we're talking about today. Because today we're talking about the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude. If you don't see this properly, it will wreak havoc on your soul. And, uh, but God is so kind that he has a word for us today as we talk about the power of gratitude. I want to talk about it the way the Bible talks about it, because sometimes as Christians, we talk about gratitude like it's the bonus topic. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's like the cherry on top, like live a life following Jesus. And if you can sprinkle in some Thanksgiving in there, like that's, that's not how the Bible talks about it. Gratitude is foundational to the life in God. Like it shows up in so many different ways. I would argue that it, gratitude puts us in the right posture in order to have fullness of joy. It's, it's such an important topic. I want fullness of joy for you. I want that for myself. And gratitude is going to be a big part of that. So before we dive in, let me pray for us. Father, thank you that you are here. Thank you that your presence is here and you are moving. You are speaking. And God, we, um, we really just want what you want today. Uh, we bring to you our plans. Lord, I bring to you even this message, and I just lay it at your feet, and I say, do what you want to do, God. This is your house, not anyone else's house. This is your house, and this is why we gather, lifting high the name of your son, Jesus, together, and praying, coming back to the most realest of reals, uh, your presence, God. I pray that you would awaken our souls in this topic. Holy Spirit, we're thankful that every moment of conviction is met with a moment of grace also. So I pray that, that this day would be full of things where you're just revealing yourself to us, but also showing us your kindness along the way, the way you always do, God. We've seen that to be true. And so I pray this in the name of Jesus. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 All right. Well, let's start off by defining what we're even talking about when it comes to gratitude. Here's going to be the definition we're going to use today. I'm going to give it to you in two parts. Gratitude is first this. Gratitude is full joy when receiving. 
Okay, it's when you get something that blesses your life, you receive something, and then you experience full joy, and then part two goes right after that. It's gratitude is full joy when receiving, and then it's expressed in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is when you actually express that gratitude to whoever gave you the thing you received. Um, now, when, when we talk about this definition, gratitude is full joy when receiving. I know for some of you, it's hard to talk about gratitude because of the first part of that definition. Because some of you in the room, you struggle to actually let your heart receive. You, you, you so quickly, it's like, well, I got this blessing, and so quickly, it's like, I gotta say thank you. I, I, gotta, I gotta write a thank you note. I gotta pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Like, you jump so fast to that, but you're missing out on part of gratitude is that God wants you to experience full joy by the fact that you received something. Okay, God is, God is a father to us, and, and just like when I give a gift to my kids, I wanna see both those things. I first want to see them open the gift, and then I want to see joy, like, fill their heart. And, and that shows up in different ways with different personalities. But I, as a dad, I want to see my kid filled with joy. And then I also want them to express some sort of appreciation the way that they are. But they need to ex experience the fullness of the joy of what it means to just simply have that. And so I don't know what's in the way of, for some of you, why you don't let your heart experience full joy. I hope you hear God's heart today that he wants you to receive it. And not, not rush past it. Have the moment. There are things that God as a father, he's given to you. And he, all he wants you to hear today is, I want you to enjoy it. Like, you're my child. I love you. I want you to enjoy it. And then on the other side of the pendulum, you might be, uh, you might be the people who, who don't express it as easily, right? So you're like, okay, God has done so many things in my life. I am thankful. I have gratitude. But God knows. Like, God knows that I'm thankful. He sees my heart. He knows where I'm at. And so he knows. But that's, that's not the way gratitude is. Gratitude is attached to the expression of thanksgiving. See, so many times we, as people, we like detaching things and compartmentalizing. When the scripture doesn't do that, we also need to not do that. And gratitude goes together. It's experiencing full joy in receiving, but then also it's expressed with thanksgiving. And there is so much joy in giving. I want to make sure you understand when the scriptures say it's more blessed to give than to receive, the scriptures are not saying that it's not a blessed thing to receive. It, it is both, yes, it is a greater thing to give, but is still a blessing to receive. And God's heart is that you would receive, that you would step into that. I, I actually think if you want to have a good theology of giving, you have to have a good theology of receiving. And that's why the gratitude is such an important topic, the power of gratitude. And I want the power of gratitude to be unlocked in all of your lives today. And hear me, there is, there is no reason why it can't start right now. Today could be the day where you unlock the power of gratitude in your life and see all the things that God has for you. And this is why we're going to go to Luke chapter 17. I'm going to begin reading in verse 11 when the word of God for us today says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Why are they standing at a distance? They're standing at a distance because they had leprosy. Now let me just talk about leprosy just for a minute here. Um, I used to think leprosy was just like one disease, and come to find out, it's, it was the catch-all term for many diseases at the time, because medicine wasn't the way it is today. We have names for every single specific kind of disease. At this time, it was a catch-all term for different kinds of skin diseases, 
And so scholars tell us it, it, it you know, covered somewhere around 72 skin diseases. All that would count as leprosy in this time. So they have different diseases. But um, skin diseases, particularly at this time, they were viewed and understood as a consequence of sin. Because there are times in the Bible where someone would sin against God, and the judgment of God came to them as leprosy. And so because it's connected as a consequence of sin, they were actually pushed out of the community so they would, they would have to live separate. If you had leprosy, if you had a skin disease, you couldn't live in the city that you lived in. You were sent outside of the city. And because of that, you know, often I, growing up, I used to think it's because we don't want to catch the disease of their skin disease. But really, the way they viewed it at this time is they didn't want to catch the disease of their impurity of their disobedience to God, because they're viewing it as consequence of sin, so that, we don't want that impurity to reach our city, so that's why the separation, this is why they're at a distance, they are viewed as impure, and so at a distance, then they call out, verse 13, and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Clearly at this point, they, they had some sort of understanding of the reputation of Jesus as the miracle worker that he was, because they're calling out to him for mercy, that he would have mercy on them. And then verse 14 says, when he saw them, he said, now hold on a second, that, I mean, we're just a few verses in, and that preaches so loud today, like Jesus saw them, and Jesus sees you. Do you understand that if you've called out for mercy to God, God is not too busy that he can't find you. Jesus sees you, and he doesn't just see a, a building full of people as a collective. He sees that, but he also sees you. I want you to hear that Jesus sees you, and when he sees you, the miracle's already in the working, okay? It's, it's on its way, and it starts because he sees you, and that's the kind of God that he is. That's the kind of Jesus we worship. He saw them and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. They go show themselves to the priest because the priest is the only person who could reinstate you back into the community if you were healed. So they all head to the priest. They're all healed. But then, verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. There it is. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, to the Samaritan, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 10 go to the priest. They're healed on the way. And one of them says, I'm not even, I don't even need to go to the priest. I have to go back to Jesus, why, does he, why doesn't he go to the priest? Because he was more interested in the miracle worker than he was in the miracle. He cared more about being close to Jesus, go thanking the one who gave him this miracle. He's thanking Jesus because he understood where the miracle came from. And this is where it starts for you and me. You have to understand that every miracle you've experienced in your life, it comes from God. <laughs> this is how James talks about it. He says, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, heavenly lights, like everything good you and I experience in life, that comes from God's heart. That comes from God's heart to you and to me, and this is where it starts. We have to see it as this all comes from God, and, and he, he goes back to Jesus, and, and you know the question that's been ringing in my mind all week is, is that question Jesus asked. He says, 
But where are the other nine? Like, Jesus performed 10 miracles, and yet only one person comes back to praise him. Where are the other nine? And my heart for today is that that number wouldn't be accurate in this room, that we wouldn't be the nine, but rather that we would be like this one Samaritan man who also experienced the healing power of Jesus. And because Jesus says, where are the nine? Nine, come, nine, nine disappear, one comes back. That's, that's a pretty bad ratio of, of gratitude. And this is why I'm making the case that we are underestimating the power of gratitude simply because it's just not common. Gratitude isn't common. So then I ask myself, why isn't gratitude common? Is it because the miracles aren't common? Well, no, they all experience the same miracle. Ten, ten men are healed of their leprosy, and yet only one has gratitude. It's because gratitude isn't common. And when we're, when we're talking about miracles, experiencing miracles, let's talk about anything that you and I, we can't pull off. Okay, so a miracle is something God does that we can't do. So even with our intervention, we wouldn't be able to change anything in this regard. And that is a miracle, something that God does. And you and I, we're surrounded by miracles. Okay, you, you live in the world of miracles. So think about it. Let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about living on planet Earth. Okay, we all live on planet Earth. Did anybody here contribute to the fact that our orbit goes around the sun in a specific way? Anybody no? Yes? No? Well, we've got a bigger problem if you think you contributed to that. <laughs> but we did nothing to do this. God spoke and the universe was formed. And if you take our planet and you shift it a bit closer to the sun, we got big problems. And if you take our planet and you shift it away from the sun a bit, we got bigger problems. It is, it's nothing we can do. And yet, every single morning, we experience what it's like to live here and to be on a planet where life can exist all because of God speaking. That's a miracle. That's, that's what God does. This is what he's doing every day, every moment of our day. And, and the other thing we have in common is that we, every single person in this room has been born. Okay, everyone has been born, and it is, it is a miracle when a child is born to see their lungs inflate for the first time and be filled with oxygen, and you see the color of their flesh change because they're breathing, and I feel like every birth echoes back to Genesis when God first breathed air into the lungs of Adam, and we have all these little echoes happening all the time around us every time someone is born. As they breathe in, you're reminded you're breathing in the breath of God. That's a miracle. Every time you and I inhale, it's miracle, miracle, God's gift to us, God's gift to us. The question is not, will you inhale the miracle? The question is, what are you going to exhale? Will you exhale gratitude? Will you exhale praise? Because when you breathe in, it's miracle, and when you exhale, it should be gratitude. It's, it's praise. And this is, this is what we're after today. We want to be the people who are exhaling, not just breathing in the miracle, but also exhaling in gratitude. And this Samaritan man, he gives us three insights into how, how to unlock the power of gratitude in our lives. First insight is this. Gratitude is evidence of faith. Gratitude is evidence of faith. You may have seen that at the end of the passage, at the end of verse 19. It says only about this man, that he, uh, Jesus tells him, go and rise, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. The word well is not the same word as healed. 
Okay, this is a different word in the original language. What is Jesus speaking to? He's using a different word to identify something different that happens in the one that does not happen with the nine. He says, your faith has made you well. That's, you have been healed in the greatest of ways. It's not just your body, it's, it's his soul. See, he puts his faith in Jesus and because of that faith, he is healed in all ways. 10 are healed of their leprosy and one is saved. One is saved and, and the gratitude, see if we just, if you just go back a couple of verses, the gratitude showed up before the faith is even mentioned. Why? Because gratitude is evidence of faith. It starts showing up as evidence and gratitude and faith, man, those things are so connected. I don't understand the science of it, but I just know that if you want to grow in your faith, you also need to grow in your gratitude. Because the gratitude that you have will evidence a faith that's starting to grow inside of you. And so how do we grow our gratitude? Well, here's two ways, super simple, that you can grow your gratitude today. Uh, you could first do this. Write things down. Write things down that God has blessed you with. And, I, and when I say write things down, I mean like grab a pen. Or there's this thing called a pen or there's this thing called a pencil. You find one of those at a store, grab a piece of paper and like actually sit down and start writing down the things that God has blessed you with. And you have to write it down. This is, this is so important today because in 2023, you have to understand everything that's designed in our culture is to rip away from you your attention. It is, it is screaming at you. There are alarms, bells going off all the time to distract you. And the reason writing it down helps us is because it simply slows down our hearts just enough that we can see the things that God is doing. See, the enemy, he would just rather you, you stay distracted. He's happy for you to stay distracted and just moving on through life. God's miracles left and right, and you're just missing it because you're going so fast. You can't even slow down to see. And so one of the ways you can change that is by writing things down, and you can do that today. You can do that today, like this afternoon, five, five, 10 minutes, and just start writing down the things you have seen God do in your life. Or, or you could do it together as a family, write down the alphabet, and then just see together if you can write down for every letter something that God has blessed you with. Write it down. That's one way you can grow your gratitude. Another way you can grow your gratitude is by coming to church every week. Coming to church every week. And, and I'm not saying that you should do that for me or for anyone else. I am here telling you you should do that because I'm giving witness of receiving the benefit. As, as a child, my parents, I mean, we always went to church. It wasn't optional on Sundays. It, was, it wasn't like if the stars align and if we feel up to it. It was very much like, no, we're, we're going. Unless something straight up stops us from going, we're going. And, um, and I, I received that benefit. And, and we also lead our kids in that way. And we are at church every week. Here's why it's so important. Because when you gather with God's people every week, your gratitude grows. On the days when I come into church and, and I'm feeling, you know, burdened, I feel impressed by the things I had to face in my week, I come in those days and then I look across the room and I see all of you worshiping and you add strength to me. It, like my gratitude is stirred up because I look over and I'm like, man, I know, I know what that person's going through. And they're still right there with their hands in the air, thanking God, that stirs up my gratitude. And the reason why you have to commit to it every week is because if you don't come every week, you're not gonna get to know those stories. 
In order for us to know each other well enough that I could know you well enough, you could know me well enough, that I could know what's going on in your life and then see how you model worshiping Jesus, I have to be here enough to figure those things out. That's why it matters. We can't build that relationship if we're just seeing each other once a month every so often. It's not going to work. That's why committing to this every single week is one of the ways that you grow in your gratitude because gratitude is evidence of faith. That's why we want to grow our gratitude. Second insight from the Samaritan man. Gratitude brings you closer to Jesus. Gratitude brings you closer to Jesus. Did you see it in the passage? Ten were at a distance, and then one, where does he end up? He ends up right at Jesus' feet. And the reason he's at Jesus' feet and the other nine are not is because he's the one who's thankful. He's the one who has gratitude. You know, sometimes we think of God as the one who's far off. We think, yes, we sense this gap between us and God, and we think the reason that gap exists is because God is way far off, and that's just not the case. God's not far off. God's the one who says, come to me, like draw near to me. God is ready to be near to us. The difference is we have to be the ones to turn around and head towards him. This is what the scriptures teach us. God is not far off. We were far off. And so then we come to Jesus who is ready to be near to us. And he is, he is always waiting for us no matter what. That's the kind of God that he is. He wants to be near to you. You know, this week I was thinking about how when I was a kid, my parents used to take me and my siblings to Costco. Any fans of Costco in the room? <laughs> Wow, that's pretty tepid. Uh, not, not huge fans of Costco. What is this, like a Sam's Club kind of church? I don't get it. Um, oh, I guess so. <laughs> um, well, I'm all in on Costco. I'll, I'll be upfront with you. I'm all in on Costco. We got our membership just a couple months ago, and we love it. I, I, we get our groceries at Costco. We get our gas at Costco. I send my kids to school at Costco. Like, we're, we're doing everything we can at Costco, and when I was growing up, uh, my parents would take us, and this was, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, back in the day when Costco had really great samples. You know what I'm talking about? Like where you could, there was multiple options. This, I don't know what has happened today, but Costco has really lost it in regards to the samples, because I remember when I would go to Costco, I could have a six-course dinner, like, <laughs> all by just going, going to the sample stations and, and I would try to just go around the aisle and come back and just see how many times can I go around before they catch me, you know? Like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to have some of this. It used to be awesome. Nowadays, it's like, it's awful. There's like one station, maybe, if you're lucky, and then like they hand you like a little cup of detergent. They're like, here, sip this. Like, it's like, no, I don't want to drink this. Like, it's just, it's not what it used to be. It's not what it was. Thankfully, the hot dog is still at the end of the day, right? Like it's always there, the trusted hot dog. Um, and uh, so yeah, as a kid, I would go from sample station to sample station, so much so that one time I lost track of my parents. Like I had, I had no idea where they were. Then when I realized that I'm not near my parents, I'm like, oh my goodness, where are they? So I just start sprinting across the aisles for a few minutes, clearly realizing this is not going good for me. Um, I don't know what else to do. So I kind of get a little hopeless. And I just like sit down right there on that concrete aisle and I just start to cry. I was somewhere around seven years old, six or seven, and, uh, and just was hoping someone would come by at some point and do something about it. I don't know. And, uh, but sure enough, an elderly couple came and uh, they were like, hey, what's going on? They kind of asked me some questions and they took me to the front register. And then at the front register, 
um, the cashier, you know, used that microphone that they have, and they're like, Mr. and Mrs. Hoagland to the front register, please. And so a little bit embarrassing, but um, then, uh, then my parents show up, and they're, they, uh, you know, they come, they pick me up. My mom picks me up, and she sits me down on a bench nearby, and I'm still crying at this point. I'm still, you know, inconsolable, but I just, she just sits next to me, and eventually I calm down, um, and then all is well. And, and I don't hold it against Costco. I don't think it was Costco's fault, so all, all is well. <laughs> But here, here's why I share this story. At no point when I was sitting in that aisle crying, at no point did my mom stop being my mom. At no point did my dad stop being my dad. See, what my heart was expressing desperation for was proximity to my parents. See, I, I desperately needed to be close to them because once I was close to them, then I was able to receive the comfort I desired. And, and that's what God wants you to hear today. Maybe, yes, you have placed your faith in Christ. You're saying, I'm banking everything on Jesus. I only have a relationship with God because of Jesus, his death, his burial, resurrection. I have put my faith in him. But you need to be near to Jesus too. Jesus wants you close. He wants you to imagine yourself sitting on that bench and that you would say, Jesus is, is not just there. He is here. Like, I am right here, and maybe what your heart is longing for today, if you walked in, you're like, I'm, I just sense it. My heart is crying out. My heart is longing for something. Maybe it's just that Jesus would be near. And how do you get near to Jesus? Look at what the Samaritan man did. Gratitude brought him near Jesus. Nine other men healed, yes, but not near Jesus. One brought close to Jesus only because of the power of gratitude in his life. Gratitude brings you closer to Jesus. Gratitude is evidence of faith. And then finally this, gratitude and praise go together. Gratitude and praise go together. I think Luke goes out of his way to, to make this parallel connection for us because he's the one who says, they lifted up their voice with a loud voice. Do you notice? With a loud voice, they cry out and say, God have mercy on us. And then he uses the same phrase that with a loud voice, the one man gives praise to God. See, you should be able to lift up your voice in both those scenarios, and God wants both, okay? God is totally fine with us coming to him in desperate need when we need healing, when we need him to show up, when we need the miracle. God says it. He says, cry out to me, and I will answer. God wants us to lift up a voice crying out to him, but God also wants you to lift up your voice that when he moves, when he comforts, when he does what only he can do, that your voice would also lift up and give him praise for the God that he is. God wants both those things, not for you just to lift up your voice asking for mercy. Lift up your voice as you praise him because gratitude and praise, they go together. When we're talking about praise, we're talking about speaking or saying something to bless someone, okay? It's, it, when you think of the word praise, I just want you to think about your mouth opening and speaking or singing something to, to bless God. That's what it means when we say, we praise the Father, praise the Son. We're gonna speak blessing to God as our worship. And, and all throughout the scriptures, I could take you to a number of places Praise and gratitude, I mean, they're just like next to each other. This is why it starts to make sense when, when the Psalms say, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Why? Because at the front of worship, you will find gratitude. It's always leading the way. If it's a procession, it's, it's in the front line of that procession. That's the way gratitude is built. Now, I just have to mention this because I see this in the text. 
I, I see that nine do not end up with Jesus. Not, do not, nine do not end up well in the way that that one is. And that points out the reality that sometimes, sometimes healing can lead you away from the healer. And it does that because you, you get everything you wanted. You see what happens with those nine? They, they get the healing they wanted, and yet they're not with Jesus. Why? Because they got what they really wanted, which was just to not have leprosy. And this is why I've had to pray this prayer many times in my life, and I prayed it this week specifically. I have to pray many times, God, I want this, I'm asking for this, but if this thing leads me further from you, then I don't want this thing. I don't want you to give it to me, but I'm asking God in his infinite wisdom to make that decision for me because I can't make that decision. I don't always have the, the right perspective to even make that decision. And, and, and I want healing for you too. Don't, don't get me wrong. At the end of the service, every Sunday here, if there is an area in your life that needs healing, I would encourage you, come forward. We always have a team here and we pray for healing. We pray together that God would move, that God would bring the miracle. We do it every single week, but even more than the healing, what I want for you is I want you to have the healer. Like I, I want you to know what it means to have a life in Christ. He is the greatest treasure. All the things that flow from him, yes, they're amazing, but they all point back to him, that he is the pearl of great price. He is the greatest treasure. He's everything to us. So more than the healing, I, I want you to have the healer. And when you have the miracle, the miracle should lead to gratitude. And when you experience gratitude, gratitude should always come with praise. It should always lead you to open your mouth. And sometimes just a little bit of gratitude is all that's needed to unlock your praise. So I've had this picture for a few weeks now where I just, I see the people of God gathering and just like we did this morning, we gather and we gather to worship. And yet as we come into the room, I see this picture of the praise that we have somehow staying locked up inside of us. And that there's something that has to unlock it. Something has to open the door of your heart so that the praise can come out and thank God we have worship leaders and worship teams that that's exactly what they're here to do. They're trying to unlock that praise in the room. They're doing everything they can so that it doesn't stay inside of you. But biblically speaking, that's not their job. They're not in charge of your praise. Like they're in charge of leading the praise of God, but they're not in charge of your heart. Like they, they don't have the ability to do anything. And this is why we have to be our own worship leaders. Like it shouldn't take us two, three songs to even like get ready to think about unlocking our praise. We should walk in and let gratitude unlock it for you. Every single Sunday, when you come into the room, you think through the week and you think about what God has done. You say, God, would you open my eyes to see the miracles of what's happened already? And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how dark the day is. It doesn't matter how deep the valley is. There's always miracles around us. There is always miracles. There's always a reason to praise. Every single one of you, you have a reason to praise God. You have a reason to, to unlock your heart and say, it's not good enough that God has done it. I want to receive it, but I need to express it. And that's why each of us has to grow and you need to be your own worship leader. And it doesn't matter if you sit on the front row, if you sit in the back row, when you come in, you say, I don't need anyone else's help. I will remember the things that God has done. I will unlock my praise. And sometimes all you need to do that is just a little bit of gratitude. 
just a little bit of a gratitude to unlock that praise. So I thought today we would end by doing just that. So why don't we stand all together? Let me remind you of the words of the psalmist in Psalm 103 when he says, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. And forget not all his benefits. He's saying there needs to be a little bit of intentionality here because if we're not intentional about reciting the benefits of God, he's implying we might forget about him. We might not even remember that they're around, that God has done all these things, and yet we might not know that they're around us because we're not intentional, and so therefore we're going to forget some of them. So here, here's what I want to happen right now. I, I don't want to forget anything, and I don't want you to forget anything. So maybe just close your eyes right there, take a posture of prayer, and just in your heart, start listing the things that you see God doing. Start listing the things you've witnessed. How have you seen the goodness of God? Think through the last month, the last year even. What is God doing this year where you just see, man, that only God could have done that? Where are the ways you've seen God protect you in a way that only God can? Where are the ways you've seen a provision come from God that only God could have sent? What are the ways you feel closer to God and it was because he drew, he drew you near. He said, come, I'm ready. And just keep listening that right there in your heart. And let your heart receive it. Don't rush past this. Let your heart receive it. God wants you to enjoy the fact that he's a good father to you. He loves you. He sees you. And he knows you. He really does. He knows you. So here in a second, we're going we're gonna to sing. And I would just encourage you, keep listening to things. Whatever it is that God's bringing to your heart, just keep listening to your heart. And you decide whenever you're ready. My next challenge is then I want you to unlock your praise. So you stay right here in this moment, even as the team sings, you can sing right away, you can wait a bit, do whatever you need to do, but keep building this up in your heart, build the gratitude in your heart, and when you're ready, I want you to speak it. I want you to open your mouth. I want you to unlock your praise because God is worthy of that. Gratitude and praise go together. So may they go together today.
welcome your soul. Command your soul to bless the Lord. Sing to the Lord. So come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Come on. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on, church. Right here. So come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your Amen. That's the power of gratitude right there. Well, you know, it's not every day we get to have the kids in the room, and uh, so we thought the perfect way to end the service today would be to bless them, similar to how they're blessed every every single week in our kids' ministry. Um, So let's do that all together. Yes, it's such a joy to have the kids in the room. We're so grateful to be in God's presence, get to worship with you today. What a joy. Speaking blessing is not the same as praying. So kids, I just wanted to give a distinguishing um, description for both of those. Praying is when somebody speaks to God on your behalf. So somebody talks to God about you. But a blessing is when somebody speaks to you with a truth about God or from God's word to encourage your heart. And so we just wanna join together today and speak a blessing over the kids of our house. So if you're with your kids, get near to them, circle around, put your hand on their shoulder. And spiritual grandparents, spiritual mothers, spiritual aunties, uncles, friends, family of the church, if you see kids nearby, just get near them. Speak a blessing with me. Very good, all right. Kids of New Life Church, may you have hope believing that God is a father who loves perfectly. Your parents and guardians won't always get it right, but God always will. May you be at rest trusting you don't have to be perfect. Jesus loves you in a way greater than anyone ever will. May may you be uh, delighted in knowing the spirit sings a song of victory and joy over you. 
And may our families of new life be marked by gratitude for each other and for God who is enough. May you bless you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All God's people said, amen, amen. So grateful to be with you all today and to worship with our families. As Eddie said a little bit ago, we love to get to pray with you every week. So I wanna invite our prayer team to come forward. Please don't leave today if you have things on your heart that you need to be person to person praying with them. We love to get to do that. And if you're new, I just wanna invite you to join us. Connect Central is out in the lobby through these doors. If you're new to New Life, if you have questions, if we haven't gotten to know you yet, please join us out in Connect Central after service. It's been such a joy to worship with you today. We'll see you next week.